do visit that website, gogreat.com. I think you will be impressed and enchanted by the new Bay City. I mean, this city has so many new developments, Lloyd. We had a great oh, time wow. walking the riverfront last night after Wonderful. you and I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> we, our, our Google Maps set us in the most secure, circuitous route to our I restaurant. Mean, you know, we should have just taken the riverfront. The shortest distance between two places is a straight line. It's a circle, uh, apparently. For us, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we were we, we were definitely not very good navigators last night. Uh, but when we got to the, the real seafood uh, location here, it sits right on the riverfront, and it is such a it beautiful is, spot. Yeah. I grew up in Grand Rapids, and of course, the Grand River is such an important part mm-hmm. of that city's identity. Same thing here with the Saginaw River, and it's just beautiful. And what they have done to uh, turn this into a green space yes. along the riverfront, and to to do what we've done in Detroit was to you know turn it into something other than a, an industrial wasteland. That's right, walkable people on their bikes, walking the dogs. It was just a, a great time. Yesterday. And as we there you go talking uh, mobility. This is Tuesday. <laughs> time is. for Mobility Makers, brought to you by Bridgestone. Getting people down the road matters, but getting generations down them, that's. What really matters? Bridgestone. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. We turn to our good friend Paul Eisenstein, the main poobah, the uh, impresario at thedetroitbureau.com. And, uh, Paul, good morning to you. Hey, good morning to you. By the way, I passed down that riverfront in Bay City just the other day. Got detoured off of I-75 coming back home from Charlevoix. It's very, very pretty. It really is. Uh, we know as publisher and editor-in-chief at thedetroitbureau.com, you get to test drive all of the new EVs. This is going to be the most uh, brisk introduction of electric vehicles that we've ever seen in the marketplace. Help us as consumers test our vehicles. If we do a test drive of an EV, what should we be looking for? Uh, it, we've all got our... You know, peculiarities. My wife always wants to see a good turning radius. She always wants to see limited uh, blind spots. She wants good vision. But when it comes to driving characteristics, what do you look for? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, You you just said some of the important things. Uh, The reality is you should be looking for the same basic things in many ways when you're looking to buy an EV that you would buy with any other vehicle. Uh, It's Yeah, the drivetrain is going to be a bit different, uh, but... Are you comfortable inside? Do you like the seats? Do you like the looks of the exterior and interior? Uh, And so on and so forth. Uh, How does it handle? How does it feel when you're on the road? Uh, Obviously, you want to consider some of the things that are peculiar or unique to electric vehicles. Uh, You want to make sure that range is comfortably within what you need, what you feel you need. Um, What's the new and, benchmark, Paul? I, I saw the new the new Blazer came out, and it was like 267 miles range. Should we consider 300 the new standard that we should be looking for as consumers? What should we be looking for? 300 is pretty much what the new benchmark is going to be. Now, I want to warn people that the numbers that the EPA give you uh, it gives you and that the automakers are allowed to publish uh, will be pretty much your optimum range. So I have an F-150 Lightning, for example, and it's the particular version we have is rated 300 miles. Occasionally, we'll see as much as 320. Uh, during the winter, you can lose 30 to 40% of range, so it may drop as low as 180. 
Uh, people get shocked when you say that, but they forget that the range you get out of a gas vehicle drops 20 to 20, 25% during, during the winter as well. Uh, so you want to make sure, again, that the, the vehicle gives you a range that's acceptable to you. And the reality is most people typically drive 30 to 40 miles max during the day. So in most cases, you're going to be good. Uh, but 300 is the new, the, sort of the new average that most people are getting close to, most EVs. And we're starting to see some getting up to four, even 450, uh, the new Chevy Silverado, if you get the, uh, the, the longest range version of it when it starts rolling into showrooms. That'll be as much as 450. Uh, and you're going to see them go up and up and up in the next couple of years. Paul, I'm looking at this uh, 2024 BMW iX. Boy, this is a sharp-looking car, uh, but it's like 88 grand starting. <laughs> you know, what, yeah. what do you think about this uh, about this vehicle? I like the iX, so it's very, very controversial. As you can see, it's got that huge grill up front. Uh, BMW yes. has been going for some unusual and highly controversial designs, um, and and you can see that in some cases. Some automakers are taking the approach of making EVs look very, very different, and others want to make them look almost indistinguishable from uh, from a regular gasoline-powered vehicle. Is it too futuristic for some people, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for some people, the iX is going to be like, wow, I, you know, I feel like that's out of the Jetsons or, or something. Uh, one of the things you want to look for, too, is just how do you like the feel of the way it drives? I happen mm-hmm. to love the feeling of an EV. Uh, one, for one thing, you don't have shifts, so you know it's just smooth from creeping out of your driveway all the way up to uh, extra legal highway speeds. Uh, do you like the quiet? Some people don't like the fact that EVs are very, very quiet. They can be tomb-like quiet. Uh, on, and then there are a lot of EVs that have artificial sounds so that they sort of create these strange uh, buzzes and whirs uh, that if you if you like a little bit of sound, you can turn those on. You know, if, if you don't like the quiet, Paul, just borrow somebody's kids and put them in the car. You won't have to worry about that. I think, I think, yeah. I think most families, they are, that isn't going to be a problem. Uh-uh. Um, one right. of the things that I, I know that we're, we're eager to see is the new Escalade IQ from Cadillac. I know you're kind of restricted about what you can say about it, but that embargo co- comes off tomorrow. Uh, no, today. You, today at is noon. it today? So can yep, we talk about we will, it? Uh, I wish I could, but I will. Uh, I would be taken into the woodshed, and uh, I really don't like what I'd look like coming out of there. Uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you, we've already seen it uh, just recently. We'll have a full story up on thedetroitbureau.com shortly uh, at noon today. Uh, but I can tell you, it's an impressive vehicle. It's it's much more attractive than I expected it would be. It really does some wonderful things with the design for such a big vehicle. You're going to find a lot of real surprises on it. Uh, And GM's going to have another announcement at 9 a.m. about technology. Uh, I I will just give you a vague hint. We know that, for example, with my Lightning, uh, I can use that vehicle if I I want to power my home in case of a, a blackout. Uh, and uh, use it to power a work site or a campsite site. Jim is going to have a major announcement today talking about what is technically known as bi-directional charging. Uh, you'll see that one live at 9 a.m. 
uh, and I'm, I'm biting my tongue because, boy, would I like to talk about both these stories. Well, it sounds like something we can uh, talk about tomorrow, tomorrow. when yes. we're going to be live in Traverse City. Uh, in the meantime, everywhere I look today, uh, folks are posting stories about the Tesla Cybertruck. Uh, this is uh, arriving two years later than what we told it would be when we first saw it in L.A. together, Paul. Uh, yeah. Is it arriving too late? Is, is the, the relevance and the impact of this vehicle somewhat diluted now? All right, so for those who don't know, the Tesla Cybertruck is uh, Tesla's uh, first pickup, and it is very strange-looking. It looks like sort of a rolling pyramid. Yeah, you're talking about polarizing. Oh, yeah, it, it's made out of stainless steel. Uh, I have yet to determine, because I have not been in it, to uh, decide whether it actually is functional or just funky. Uh, it is very different from all the other pickups that are on the market, and we're going to be flooded with more than a dozen all-electric pickups by 2025, 2026, uh, Fisker, you know, the startup, they just revealed their all-electric pickup last week called the Alaska. Uh, of course, we have the Chevy Silverado EV. The Hummer EV is already out there. Ford will have a second all-electric EV. Uh, Ram is coming out with one. GMC is going to have a second one. Uh, and on and on and on. So Tesla is going to be fighting a lot of competitors now that know how to make classic e- classic pickups yeah. go electric. I don't know I if they're it. going to do anywhere near as well as they would have. Fisker naming their EV truck after a state where we get most of our oil and gas from. What, what, what a, <laughs> you got to love irony, right? Uh, Paul yeah, Eisenstein, exactly. always a pleasure to talk EVs with you, and we'll look forward to talking about this dual-purpose uh, GM announcement coming up at 9 a.m. today. Thanks for the preview. Great to be with you. All right, when we come back, speaking of the EV future, consumers' power will be playing an increasing role in that. And also, they're intersecting, as we celebrate Ag Week here on Newstalk 760, they're intersecting more with farmers because they need land for solar and wind. How are they going about that? Will they have enough capacity for those EVs that we're talking about? That's next on JR Morning.